Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 961. Buy what you love and uh, enjoy driving it and, and just to also do what you love so that you're not working a whole lot. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm a revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tiffany Cruz. Hey, Tiffany, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, sir, I am. All right, here we go. Ziggity, ziggity. We're on the auction block. Tiffany Cruz is the auction coordinator at Dan Cruz Classics in San Antonio, Texas. She's the eldest daughter of Daniel Cruz, one of the original founders of the Cruz Collector Car Auctions. Tiffany spent her summers traveling with her father to auctions all over the USA. She worked her first auction at the young age of five years old. That's amazing. (laughs) In Auburn, running clerk tickets. She attended auction schools later in life in Missouri and Reppert and decided to use her knowledge to manage the business side. And in 1995, she moved into that and then again into events in 2002. Cruise Classics conducts four large collector car auctions per year in San Antonio, Austin, Midland, and Houston, Texas. And Tiffany is also a member of the International Society of Appraisers. And you know what? Her father, Dan Cruz, is a past guest here of mine on Cars. Yeah, very cool to have another family member here on the show. So, Tiffany, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your business and a very obvious passion for automobiles? <laughs> yes. We operate here in Texas. We're what I refer to us as a as a boutique auction house. So we held one day auctions. There are about 150 to 200 cars, and we love it down here. It's a lot of fun. It's still a place you can do business pretty much on a handshake. Mm-hmm. So we're blessed to be doing it down here. Yeah, Texas. What a great state. My dad's side of the family's <laughs> from Texas, so I've got a little bit of Texas blood in me. Very proud to say that. Uh, love people I meet from Texas. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a nice mm-hmm. way to get the inspirational tires turning on cars. Yeah. Or the auction block car rolling here on cars. Yeah. So Tiffany, take the wheel. Okay. Well, mine's kind of unusual because it doesn't come from a car person. It comes from Walt Disney, which a lot of members of my family are Disney people. Okay. So the quote is, the more you like yourself, the less you are like anyone else, which makes you unique. Hmm. And the reason that I really like that is because whoever knows a lot about my family, our businesses have been through many changes throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've always tried to do is maintain, especially as Dan Cruz Classics, maintain our own identity and not worry about being like anybody else, but just doing what we do and doing it right to the best of our ability. You know, yeah, it's always a challenge when people try to be someone else. It never really works. And when you try to just copy somebody, that's all you're doing. You really need to be your own person, your own company, stand for what you stand for, and try to forge a new path. And definitely, as long as you guys have been around, that has definitely worked. But I haven't heard that quote from Walt Disney, and I really like it. Somebody who I definitely admire, who is a very creative and uh, skillful person. So I love that. Very, very nice. Yeah. Well, 
let's hear a story that instigated your passion for cars. Now, that's kind of a silly question because for a little girl who was five that was running tickets at auctions, uh, obviously you liked cars, you've been around cars with your dad, but is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a car gal? The first time that I really remember thinking, oh, I like this. The first time was when I was very young, actually. I would say I was probably six, five or six, when Auburn was first rolling. And they were selling a Corvette, like a a, a Series 1 Corvette, that first generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so pre-62, that was Elvis's. And it was oh. like that orbit orange with the white insert. You know, the whole car was that red and white. And it was in its own little tent. <laughs> and my dad snuck me in there, plopped me, you know, lifted me up, plopped me in the seat, took a picture and was like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> and I just loved that. I remember loving that car. Just, yeah. I, I'm still a big, not a big Corvette person, but that those early Corvettes, they are just beautiful yeah. lines. And yeah. um, that was the first time I really thought, ooh, I love this car. And then growing up around them, I didn't really, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm unique in the fact that I grew up around a lot of classics, like true classics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those, of course, are beautiful, but I don't think it was probably where I really was like, oh my goodness, I, I'm not just a car girl. I like love, like I'm not just in the business. I love the car yeah. um, was when I got back in um, to helping them here when in San Antonio when he took over um a little car auction in New Braunfels probably around 92 93 mm-hmm. just uh really being around the it's it's more than the cars it's the people yeah. people who buy and sell and trade and collect their cars they're just good people yeah, and so it's yeah. the whole package thing for me but yeah um you know i just uh, that was the first time that I really was like, Ooh. Hanging out in Elvis's <laughs> Corvette. Wow, that's pretty darn yes. cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I wonder what has ever happened with that car, where that car lives today. Any ideas? You no, know, I have no, I don't. And I was so little, like I, it didn't strike me to like try to keep ass on sure. into that yeah. stuff. But yeah. I, it just was such a cool moment with my dad and I, and it was the business, uh, for the brothers and the dad was still really young. So it was still had mystique to it and everything. And so it just was a cool moment. Yeah, no doubt. Great memory. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Now you've been in a family business that can be fraught and the auction business and entrepreneurial business. Those things can be fraught with ups and downs, challenges and failures, of course. And I'd love for you to yep. walk us through one. Take us to maybe a painful time and tell us what you learned from that because these kinds of experiences are not so much about the pain and misery. They're about what they teach us and how they make us stronger. So take us to one of those points in time and tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum in your life. I worked with Bruce Knox with my father. So my father ended up with that, like I said, a small little car auction um, that led to Dan Cruz Classics. I think he bought it in 92, 93, right in there. And um, hired Bruce Knox out from underneath my uncle, uh-huh. Dean. And at that time, Daniel and Dean were not getting along so great because Daniel was doing his own thing and the big brother, little brother. Yeah, yeah. But I came to work for Daniel in that business and, and uh, liked it. Um, Bruce taught me a lot, but then they sold out to eBay along with Cruise International. So that was Cruise Classic Car Productions at, at that time. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so Cruise Classic Car Productions and Cruise International both sold to eBay in 1991. And then I was like, uh, now I don't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Woohoo, we sold. Uh-oh, I'm unemployed. <laughs> I got absorbed back into the other side of my father's business as an energy auction business. Um, and I got absorbed into that, but I missed cars. And then when Dean bought it back from eBay in 2002, he called me and asked me if I wanted to come back to work for him in what he was renaming as Cruise Southwest. Mm-hmm. And I did that, but it was very scary. I just uh, went through a divorce mm. and was a single mom. And I was leaving a job at a real estate company (laughs) with a salary. Oh, okay. (laughs) Not a big one, a little one. And I was going to something with an even smaller salary, but uh, the ability to make a lot more. Right. uh, I would get paid commissions based on net profits and and a lot more time to do what I needed to do as a mom. But it was frightening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a big roll, big roll of the dice, even though I'd been in the business and knew what I was doing. Yeah. So that was kind of a a very scary sort of move, but I felt confident that I could do what they were asking me to do, which was run at that point. They moved the auction from New Braunfels to Fredericksburg, and and all of a sudden it was all mine. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) here you go. It was all my baby. Make it happen. And uh, yeah, so it was a sink or swim moment, and and it took off and did great. And like a year later, or Yeah, maybe a year. I think I did maybe two or three auctions with Dean and then Daniel ended up buying his auctions back from, from Dean. And, um, and I, so then he looked at me and said, well, kid, I was like, all right, we'll just keep going. So, (laughs) wow. Managed to make it work. Yeah. I want to ask you a a question about this experience because. You said roll the dice, take a gamble. It was a calculated gamble, no doubt, because of your involvement in history. But what's a good takeaway lesson you might share with others out there that could be facing a similar challenge in their career? They're looking ahead going, I need to do something more, something better. And certainly being a single mom Mm -hmm. and having that thrust upon you and having to focus on that and your career to make a living. What's a single lesson you could, uh, or word of advice, I guess is better, that you could offer somebody who might be in a similar situation? Well, I think that actually it was my dad that gave me the best advice at that time. He was like, sweetheart, <laughs> if you, you need to choose to do what you love. Ah, so yes. if, if that's the auction business for you, go do that with, cause at this time it was with Dean. And if it's the real estate business, if you love it, then, then do that. Yeah. And he's like, because if you, if you're doing what you love, and certainly he's lived his life this way as an auctioneer, if you're doing what you love, it's not like you're working because you, you know, you're just having fun every day doing what you love. And so, and it doesn't bring the stress then at home. So yeah. he's like, as a single mom, you already got enough pressure. If you're doing what you love, then, then there's not all that day-to-day yucky. Yeah. I hate my job stuff oh, yeah. coming home with you yeah. to your kids. And so that was very sage advice. And I would hand it out to, to uh, anybody who asked me, I'd say, I know it's always sort of frightening to be starting from scratch, but I think all in all, it's served me well to do what I love. So, Well, that's what Cars Yeah is all about. I went through the same thing when I started this podcast, something completely out of the norm for me, completely new, went from running a business to running a podcast and trying to make sense of it all. But you know what? That always comes back to the same thing with all my guests here is figure out your passion and figure out a way to have a career around mm-hmm. that. And otherwise, you know what? You can fail doing what you don't love. <laughs> so... Take, yes, a, take a chance 
at failing at what you do like to do. Because uh, if you never take that opportunity, you'll always look back and wonder what if. And that's no way to go through life. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and having grandfather, uncles, and a father that are all entrepreneurial-minded, they'd be quick to point out how many of the great minds of the United States have failed yes. before they oh, yeah. actually made it. All they of all, them. They're like, everybody went bankrupt. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Including Trump, who's yeah. president now. Yeah, they, you know, they so all had they challenges, all like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, those things teach you lessons, of course. And then the next time you do it, you do it better. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice from your father. I'm glad you took that advice. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love to hear a career aha moment. It's a time when you realize, yes, this is what I need to do. So tell us about yours. (laughs) So uh, the very first time I went to auction school, I was fairly young and I went to a school of auctioneering in Missouri. Great, great auction school. And I came back and I was not in the cars at this point. I was only in the oil field cart and got up to auctioneer and uh, it was awful. I had to step back down, vomit into the trash can oh, no. next to me. <laughs> oh, no. Get back up. Little stage and fright going like, on there, huh? <laughs> Dad's like, it'll get better. It'll get better. <laughs> yeah, it thanks. never got better. Yeah. I got sick every time I got up. And, the, and to be fair, the oil field guys were so super awesome about females coming in. Uh, My sister, Tara, who is my younger sister, youngest, Uh the youngest of the three, had done it before me. And she, she had a great low voice. I have, I have kind of, I don't know if uh, I have a little bit maybe of a voice fetish, but being raised (laughs) around all these men with these lovely, deep, voices. Mm. And even my cousins who have went on to auctioneer for the most part have these really baritone voices. And, you know, I'd hear myself and I'd be like, oh, it just sucks. It's so bad. Well, nobody likes to hear themselves talk. Nobody, except for politicians, but nobody nobody likes to hear themselves talk. But I I understand where you're going. The other part is, is as you auctioneer and you get excited, if you don't have control and you're green, Mm. your pitch goes up. So, I mean... Your, your pitch goes up too high with a girl. It's like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. like, the glass just broke. What oh. happened? And so it just never got better mm-hmm. for me. And so I was like, okay, I don't like this part. And then that's what made me start looking at the logistics of how things were actually run mm-hmm. as opposed to just being a – because I, when I started, I ran clerk tickets, and then I clerked in the ring. So they still do it today, where the, the person that writes the bid price down and gets the guy to sign it, because that's a little contract there on the spot. Right. Uh-huh. And I worked the ring, and I had described cars, and I had stayed out of the office because I didn't want to learn how to do the title work. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had kind of like ran the path. of like what was left in the ring was auctioneer, and I just was like, okay, I don't like it. So I didn't really want to work in the office either, but um, like I said, I just didn't want to do title work and uh, it seemed confusing and it's legal. Yeah. Got it. You can't make a mistake. No, that'll follow a car (laughs) for the rest of his life. Yeah. So I ended up, I did end up going in the office, learning some there and then putting it all together and being able to logistically run an auction. Yeah. For the most part, so by myself. Basically, I can all the parts together now. you're like a ringmaster, but you're a little bit behind the scenes. You're not Barnum and Bailey <laughs> yeah. out there yelling at the tigers and lions. You're back there kind of directing the circus 
as it runs and make sure everything runs smoothly, which is that's right. Which is just as, if not more, important than being in front of that mic, is my opinion. Oh, sure, because the truth is, and I tease my dad about this all the time, the the women in the office are as important as your ringmen. Yeah. If you think about it, it's the first person they're meeting at the auction. And generally, if we get a new person, they get very attached to that cashier because yes. <laughs> You know, they're kind of leading them uh-huh. through the process. So it's it's the first face that anybody's meeting from your auction company. And then um, it's the last face they see when they walk out the door. Yes. And if that person is no is not good, mm-hmm. they're gonna leave a bad taste in the mouth of the customer and I don't I don't care what kind of experience they had out in the ring. And uh so it's it's been a good a good thing to learn all the different parts and and really understand how it all functions. And of course, for me, I'm where the buck stops. So if yes. something goes south, I get to fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so. there's a reason why Walmart and other stores have greeters because they realized how important mm-hmm. that first person is. And I know years ago when I worked in a different industry, I used to call on companies and that receptionist that you go into this big office building behind the desk was your Mm -hmm. first point of contact and the last point on your way out. And if she was sour or not very friendly, and I say she because back then it was mostly women working that position. absolutely. But if that person wasn't well-versed at being an exemplary example of that company, it could set a tone that follows that company forever. So. It's, oh, yeah. it's just so important. Well, we're certainly glad you found your point of passion in the auction business. Most definitely, because you've been doing it for a long time now. How about a proudest career yep. or business moment? I would assume you've had many of those, but is there one that stands out you'd share? Well, I think the first time that I ran an auction completely by myself for my my father, Bruce Knox, actually came to that auction. And he was like, you done good, girl. Like, <laughs> he, was, he was proud of me. And, and because... You know, he's outside of my family. <laughs> I guess it meant a, a little more to me than the Atta girls that I've gotten through the years from my family because I'm kind of a type A person. <laughs> so they all kind of accept it. They expect it from me. Yes. So hearing it from him when it, when, uh, you know, I certainly wasn't seeking any adulation was, yeah. was a kind of a cool moment because, you know, he was my mentor in the business. So yeah. if he thought I was doing a good job, then I was. Well, <laughs> exactly. You know, I always said that one of the best things you can do for anybody is encourage them. Give her, uh, give them some encouragement because it, mm-hmm. just a simple word of praise or an adulation is so important and it can go so far. And so few times we remember to do that. So very nice moment yeah. in time. Well, let's talk about cars a little bit more here as if we haven't mm-hmm. already. What was your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. <laughs> when I was 16, my father being in the business that he is got me, it was like a 66 or 67 old 442 convertible. It was Ooh. red with black interior, black top. And I had, I, I mean, I was like, oh, I was so excited because I was going to be cool. Yeah. You know, cool at school. <laughs> I, I would have been the only, I went to large high school and I would have been the only one with a collector car. And I drove it to school and it was awesome. And I had that car for about two weeks and my dad comes in and he goes to me, I'm going to take that car away. What? I'm like, why? My grades are good. I didn't, haven't wrecked it. Like I behave yeah. like, I don't understand. He's like, 
The phone has been ringing off the hook since I bought you that car. You weren't getting a date to save your own life before that. Oh, <laughs> a father! He's like I don't almost. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, like you know, but yeah. I well, 16 was the first time I could date. First of all, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really have an option before that. Yeah. So I was like, hey, yeah. So he just was worried that I would let some boy behind the wheel and. Mm. Yeah. It would get wrecked. So he took it and uh, sold it. And then I ended up with a um, a brand new Mercury Cougar, Oh, which, which was white with red interior, which was, you know, Not okay. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, being yeah, a father. Not, it's like, how do you get mad at a new car? But yeah. so I was like, yeah. but this is a new school. Well, being a father of a daughter, I understand the way he's thinking. So I get it. But yeah, yeah. that was a little bit tough to- but- and a four four two. And I think, wow, that's a trusting dad to put that kind of horsepower at the foot of a sixteen year old. Whoa! Because my father traveled so much. At, at one point, Cruz had auctions like sometimes on the same weekend mm-hmm. on different coasts, and so he was gone. He traveled a lot between the oil field business and the clutch car business. Yeah. Because even after he sold out in 1980, he continued to work as a fee auctioneer for my uncle and my grandfather. So if I wanted to see my dad, the best time to do it was in the summer is going to these auctions. Right. So I just tootled around with him yeah. everywhere he went. And I mean, I'd been around the cars and had helped move cars when needed at the auctions and stuff. So I think he felt like I confident as far as giving it to me, knew I wouldn't abuse it, that I appreciated it for what it was. He was more worried that I, like I said, that some boy would get behind the wheel. And <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. One of those young men was, "Hey, can I drive your car? Come on, let me drive your car, uh, please." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, smart All dad. Girls were always smart dad. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything about that. I'll just get in trouble. So we'll move on. How about <laughs> how about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Well, I, I actually, it's the one I sold last year. I paid for my daughter's wedding. Oh, what a nice mom. Which I don't, I don't regret doing that, of course, but I really did like it. And I don't know that I could ever replace it for what I bought it. I had a 91 Grand Wagoneer, which of course, that's a Jeep Uh for those that don't know. Oh yeah. It's the big woody one. Yeah. And um, 91 is the last year production. So it's like 1560, something like that. Mm -hmm. Low production, less than 2000. And the wood was still good. Like it needed a repaint, but the interior was immaculate mm. and it was, it drove tight. Yeah. And those can be real loose. It just, I knew where it came from. It came, well, obviously when I, <laughs> I bought it, I knew where it came from, but it had all its service records and everything. And I, I do wish I had it back, but I know it went to a good home. Yeah. So that, that helps me feel a little uh. bit better. And then. Ironically, late last year, I ended up helping Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers sell his. Oh, cool. So, yeah, those are those yeah. are neat vehicles. In fact, I just had a guest on the show uh, a couple days ago that talked about one of those. And Brad and Trav of Ideal Cars talked about having one of those Jeeps. And they, uh, they, they buy cars, mm-hmm. fix them up, flip them, and sell them. And... They were saying, God, mm-hmm. we really wish we could have kept that one longer. The, there, there was an area there, era there of those Jeeps that was really good. So, well. Oh, well, they were the, you know, they were. Yeah. They were the, yeah, the car. They were the standard there for a little while of. SUVs, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah, they really were. And the number one guy in the country for those was north of me in Kerrville. Oh, wow. Okay. Like he gets, and I mean, he gets big money, like. Fifty seventy five thousand on a regular basis for wow. his that are restored. Wow, I know it's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, 
Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are you guys doing there at Dan Cruz Classics that gets you really excited and fired up? Tell our audience a little bit more about what you guys do, your shows, your events. What makes you guys unique? Well, right now we're preparing for our auction in San Antonio. And a few years ago, like three or four, everything runs together. So many cars, I lose track of time. (laughs) We bought the San Antonio Autorama and we joined those together three years ago as one event. So the Autorama, of course, is a franchise car show with Cavalcade of Wheels and uh, World of Wheels and Autorama are all together. On that circuit is how you earn points to be able to go towards the big show at the end in Detroit and win the Riddler. Mm, Yes. So, which is a big kudos. The the grand poobah of awards for custom cars. (laughs) Yes. Yes, and this year we've joined up with an event that's been held here for the last couple of years called CarFest. And so by putting these three events together, and CarFest is a 5013C, it allows us to kind of cover the entire market sector. So CarFest, their their goal is to revive the mom-and-pop mechanic shop and restoration guide because mm-hmm. that's a dying breed. Yeah. There's less and less guys doing, I mean, I know it doesn't seem like it if you watch television, but there's less and less people out there actually working on these cars and restoring them. And hence, it's gotten a little expensive. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because it's not a competitive market anymore. Right. So the guy that that runs this, Mark, he came up through a mom and pop, um, ended up buying that and turned, you know, making good in his life. And so... When they started holding this event, what they did was um, go out and it's really cool. There's all, there's tons of people on site to teach you like how to change your oil, how to change a tire, how to change out other fluids, how to, you know, fix the little things. Mm-hmm. And uh, they give tons of scholarship money away to tech schools that are mechanic driven tech schools. And we had been looking at how do we give back more in our own hometown. And this joining up with them is allowing us to do that, to ah. really give a lot of food and clothes yeah. and scholarships away because they do a lot with the food banks here. So I'm I'm really excited about this whole event coming together and seeing how it all works. Last year, CarFest had 10,000 people go through its gate. Wow. So it's going <laughs> to, yeah. it should uh, help lift up, of course, the car show and, of course, give us a lot more action to the retail, like a pure retail buyer. Mm-hmm on the auction side too. So it should be fun. Oh yeah. And plus I just, my, my dad is a, always taught us to be civic minded and this just really allows us to give a lot yeah. back to our home. Uh, it sounds awesome. Great. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I'll make sure, sure I put links to your website on your cars. Yeah. Show notes page so people can follow along with what you're doing. And if they're in that part of the world during that time, they can attend. Uh, there's nothing like going to a car auction or a car show, but a car auction, uh, there's just an excitement around that. That is so cool. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Tiffany. If Tiffany were a car, and this isn't what you want to be, this is how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would you be? I know. I've been thinking about that since <laughs> I read it. <laughs> and I think I feel like I might be my 90 Ford Bronco. <laughs> oh, well, that's cool. I have one of those, and it suits me just fine. It kind of fits my personality. Yeah, um, those are cool. It lets me... F- yeah, it lets me, you know, I can fit a lot in it. It's still stylish and mm-hmm. kind of vintage now. And um, yeah. I don't know. I 
I can drive it fast, but it's not a sports car. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm definitely, I know women have a tendency to maybe think of themselves as sports cars, but that's not me. I'm more <laughs> of a like reliable. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Reliable and ab- have the ability to ca- carry a heavy load, but maybe not as much as a truck. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you putting some thought to that. I think you're one of the few Broncos on this show, so uh, you're in an elite <laughs> class. Very nicely said. Yes. Well, Tiffany, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt, and mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with Covercraft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Tiffany, we are back and we're entering what I call the last lap, the lightning round, if you will. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? By far, it's from Jeff Allen, and he says, buy what you like, because if you can't sell it for a profit, at least you enjoy driving it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Don't buy a vehicle for someone else or a vehicle you think is going to go up in value because you might be uh-huh. stuck with it. Now, would you share? Yeah. <laughs> would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Oh, wow. I think probably my number one thing is my faith. It just sustains, <laughs> it sustains me. <laughs> it does. I mean, I like, I, we're both kind of laughing about it, but it, it has sustained, it keeps me in a sound mind. Let's just say that it, it, it helps, <laughs> helps create an even keel no matter what the industry is doing. Oh, very nice. And now how about a resource? There are lots of cool resources like your company, but is there a resource that you go mm-hmm. to often you could share? I really like Concept Cars, which is on the web. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's a cool tool to kind of check out 
the trends of values of cars over the last few years. Mm, yeah, that's a great site. Yeah. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I think right now, I mean, I've been blessed. So I've met people like Carol Shelby, of course, being that what my family has done. But I think right now, if I could talk to anybody, it'd be Magnus Walker. Ah, cool. Well, Magnus has been a guest here twice on Cars, yeah. So I can connect you two. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. I just love that he kind of has done his own thing. Yep. You know, and he's not really allowed, uh, had anybody tell him what to do. And I think he's taken Porsches from the past and, and making them, making them better. Yeah. You know, and me being a, I mean, being in the car world the way I am, you can never turn something original again. But I think he pays a lot of respect to the car mm. um, when he does make his changes to it. I think it's a, it becomes a better, a better vehicle, not just a custom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. and I respect that. I'll connect you to. He, he's a great guy, and I just had him on the show not too long ago. Uh, he just came out with an autobiography, "Dirt Don't Slow You Down." And it's kind of a story about his life and how he got to where he is. I always looked at Magnus as kind of the antithesis of the Porsche owner because most people think of a kind of a cliche certain person that drives a Porsche. Um, sometimes good, some bad, but he's, yeah, he's the whole other thing. And I have a great picture I got of him when we were at the works event together. And my wife just laughed because he's got a bit of hair and I've got a bit of no hair. And so. She goes, well, you guys are like brothers from another mother. And I just started laughing because we both love Porsches so much, but we couldn't be further apart yeah. in our looks. So I'll uh, see what I can do for you, Tiffany. I'm going to connect you with Magnus. Yep. I think you guys should chat. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, well, two of my best friends literally in the, in the world are Jeff Allen and Megan Bailey. And okay. We became friends long before uh, they had the car chasers and now they're, uh, you know, their little podcast skid marks. Uh-huh. But they're just great people and they've been knowledgeable and helpful. So it's just, it's cool to get to meet people like that and, and talk to them like on a kind of more down to earth level, like you're doing here. Cause yeah. that's where you really get to learn something about them and, and the cars that they love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mentioned Magnus's book, dirt don't slow you down, but is there a book that you would like to recommend to our listeners? <laughs> it's not a car book. Probably that's my okay. favorite book that I've ever read. Um, is called Love Does by Bob Goff. Okay. What's interesting about it is they're all love stories, but they're not love stories. Mm -hmm. If you you catch my drift, Mm -hmm. they're not about romance. Yeah. And it's a big thing in my life, not to sound cheesy, but just telling somebody, hey, you look pretty today, or your Mm -hmm. nose is cute, or I like your smile, or that jacket's (laughs) badass, you know. Like those little things, sometimes you have no understanding really of how somebody's day has been and those little things like that just kind of can make it better. Well, we talked about that earlier. No, it's not at all. We talked about it earlier. And that is offering encouragement to somebody and just a kind word uh, can go an awful long way. Uh, Even if you're in a checkout stand at a grocery store or somewhere, just say something nice to the person across from you. You could make their day. They could be having a bad time and you could really change their perspective. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources Tiffany's been so kind to share on her Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Tiffany Cruz, K-R-U-S-E. You'll find that page with all these cool links, including that book. And there's another great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's, oh gosh, over a thousand books listed there from all my inspiring automotive enthusiasts from the past. And we'll include this book as well, a new book that's been recommended here. So I appreciate that. All right, we are up to the checkered flag here, Tiffany, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. 
I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. I don't care what auction it's at. I don't care what it costs. It doesn't matter because I'm going to buy it for you and park it in your garage. What's it going to be and why? I think I'd go with a 71 Ford Mach 1, to be honest with you. Ooh, okay. Why that car? That's the year I was born. And I just think... It's kind of a cool transition car. You're you're now out of the 60s, but you're not into the yucky 80s yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and I've just always, like, I don't know. It's just I've wanted a couple of cars that for the year I was born, and that's one of them. You know, it's a, it's an iconic sports car. Yeah. Um, cool styling, like I said, still. You got to love, like, the, you know, the louvers on the windows. And yeah. um, I really like the white and black. Oh, okay. White and blue. Okay. White. Well, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll get out there and find you the right car. And of course, I'm guessing you're going to want the uh, the 428, the seven liter motor oh, in that thing. Course. Yeah. You got to bring it, bring it all the way. Of yeah. course. Well, for a 16 year old that drove a 442, yeah, I knew what I was in for. So I'll get to work on that for you, Tiffany. Well, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey say hi to your dad for me i haven't talked to him in a while but i sure do will. keep in touch with him on facebook uh could you offer us a parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you spin those tires of that mustang mach one and drive off into the sunset well i think that um actually i would just continue to give on the advice that it, that jeff and my dad gave me buy what you love yeah and uh, enjoy driving it and, and just to also do what you love so that you're not working a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think those are probably the best parting words I can give to anybody. Wise, so. sage words. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Dan Cruz Classics? Yep, our website is dancruzclassics.com, and that's classics with an S. And if they want to get a hold of me personally, my email is tiffany at cruiseclassics.com. There you go. Well, again, listeners, you can find everything Tiffany shared on her Cars Yes show notes page. I'll make sure everything's listed there. Check out Dan Cruz Classics. If you're ever in the part of the country when they're running a show, you need to attend an auction. If you've never been to a car auction, they will jazz you up and get you fired up and excited. They're so much fun. Even if you can't bid or you don't want to be just sitting back and watching the show because it is a show. It is an adventure and it's great fun. Tiffany, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your many experiences with our Cars Yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I will see you down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, 
including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!